Welcome to Connecting the Resilient. This is your host, Andrew Mangan. A little history, I suffered a spinal cord injury in December 2016. I started Connecting the Resilient to share stories of people who've gone through the experience of spinal cord injuries, but also from doctors, researchers, therapists, and more who share their information and their ideas and what they've learned from being in the spinal cord injury community. For more information, please visit our website at www.connectingtheresilient.com. This is your host, Andrew Mangan. I'm really excited to share my conversation with Lori Neinhaber. Uh, Lori was injured back in 2000 and in a pretty horrific accident. And it was amazing that she really even survived. And then she ultimately um, fractured her spine and she was in the ICU for a couple months. And then she was moved to acute rehab that was not amazing. And then she kind of took it into her own hands and really through an unbelievable story, um, she has had an amazing recovery and it's really fascinating conversation and I'm really excited to share with you. I'm here with uh, Lori. Lori, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us today. Sure, I'm happy to be here. And so, uh, Laura, you were injured uh, back in 2000, and you had a pretty, pretty horrific accident and um, had a pretty remarkable recovery. Can you talk a little bit about your accident? Sure. I was uh, a passenger in a 15-passenger van, and we were on our way to a rowing event in Philadelphia. And it was a super windy day and uh, just seemed to get a late start on things and at the time, my husband was a rowing coach, and he had a bunch of kids that were going to be in the event as well um, in the van with us. And his actual coach was the one, his coach from college was driving the van in the trailer. And we got a little north of Baltimore and not 100% sure what happened. We think a tire blew out and uh, it caused the trailer to jackknife. The van ended up flipping over a guardrail. And I got ejected out of the van, and then the van landed on top of me. Um, so I got life flighted to, luckily, to shock trauma in Baltimore, which was a really great facility. Um, and mm-hmm. it took a couple days for them to kind of figure out everything that was wrong with me. And then when they realized I had the spinal cord injury, they couldn't do surgery for a while um, until I was a little bit more stable. So couple days went by and then they finally were able to do the surgery and stabilize my back. And it was, I had a burst fracture of L2 that had just kind of, they described it as it shattered me. Shards of that are what went through my spinal cord. So I was considered an incomplete L2 and they replaced L2 and uh, bandaged me back together and waited for everything else to start healing. And then I got shipped off to rehab. And um, so how long were you initially in the ICU? Or in I the was there non-rehab for, hospital? Oh, gosh. I was there for like a month and a half, almost two months. 
Um, so quite a long time. It was, it was quite a few weeks before I even woke up um, and had any, any memory of anything. Um, lots of hallucinations, but no, no real memory of uh, actual reality. Um, so it took, it took a while. So I was pretty banged up. Yeah, and then where did you go um, from from the trauma center? From the trauma center, we looked at a bunch of different places and uh, ended up going to D.C. for my rehab um, because it was close to my house. It was close enough for my parents' house to be able to drive and visit and kind of help out. Um, and unfortunately for me, it wasn't the best of experiences. Uh, I kind of got there and it was a very um, negative type place. Like they, it felt like the expectation for them was that you were to stay in your wheelchair. And that was kind of, that was your diagnosis. You were given this diagnosis and now you just had to kind of suck it up and deal with them. Um, yeah, it was kind of a, it was a bummer. Yeah. Definitely. And were you, how many uh, spinal cord injury patients were there there? You know, I, I really couldn't even tell you. Your interaction with other patients was pretty minimal. Um, I did meet one other um, young woman that was there that had an injury very similar to mine. She was um, L3. And uh, I talked with her quite a bit and maintained a friendship with her for a short period of time. She unfortunately didn't get quite the same uh, positive outcome that I did, and yeah, we kind of lost touch. Um, but you really, there weren't a lot of groups. You did everything individually. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of interaction with other, other patients that were there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I know after that hospital, you you uh, returned home, and so when you at that point, were you still in the wheelchair? Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, I had, you know, by the time I left acute rehab, I had stood in a, a standing frame twice, and that was it. Um, oh, I wow. had very and how long, how long were you, were you at acute rehab? I was there like six weeks. Um, and then they discharged me, and they wanted me to come back twice a week for outpatient therapy. And I, I did go back for one outpatient visit. Um, cause I, you, you're kind of lost in the system. You're not really sure what you should do. Um, and in the process of doing that, some friends recommended a local physical therapist that had just opened his practice, um, a private practice. He changed practices. Um, and they said, you know, why don't you go and just meet with him and see what you think? Um, he's not real, He's not crazy busy right now. He's got a lot of time. And see if you think it'll be a good match. And it was pretty daunting because when you went to his office, you know, it was just a regular physical therapy office. There wasn't, wasn't like a big rehab gym where there was equipment everywhere. And, um, but we just, we just, uh, we hit it off really well. And he was pretty upfront. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but if you want to try, let's, let's try. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, and so you, so that first, um, 
So working with him, uh, you worked with him pretty intensely for the next couple months? For, oh gosh, for well over a year. Um, and we would go, we'd go kind of every day um, and spend, we'd go at least three days a week and oftentimes more than that. And I'd kind of spend the whole, the whole morning there. My husband would either take me and drop me off or he'd stay and help out. And he would kind of fit me in. I'd take a break while he had some other patients and then we'd get back at it and do something else. And it was, fortunately, it was attached to a Gold's Gym. And then he worked pretty closely with a trainer who had a lot of medical experience. Um, so I started doing personal training with her on the two days that I didn't have him. So it worked out. It obviously worked out for the best, but it, yeah, it was definitely absolutely. a process. Yeah, well, it sounds like it was super intense, which is often the answer um, to, to injuries like ours. Yeah, we, um, you know, at the time of my injury, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of connection to people. There wasn't a lot of things to look up. So it was real hard to find anyone with the experience with it. Um, and my husband bought some physical therapy books while I was in the hospital. And everything said, you know, you got a year. So we just figured that we would do as much as we could in that year and maximize it and kind of see where it took us. Um, so the year was up and I could walk with a walker and every once in a while some forearm crutches. I could make it some distance, but uh, definitely not functional walking. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't leave the house on my own. Um, but it just kind of kept getting better, so we figured the year was up, but we would stick with it and keep going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's kind of a. I mean, I definitely faced that um, issue a bit. Was just kind of a lack of information, and even for me, I'm sure it's just way better for me than it was for you. Just 16 years later, um, with there's a lot more access to information now than there, there was in 2000. Um, but I mean, even now, I still think that there needs to be kind of more um, spreading of, of information out there. And that's, that's one of the goals of the podcast is to, to try to spread that information. Yeah, I think, you know, a common, I've listened to the other podcasts and, and your other people that you've talked to. And I think one of the common threads everyone says is they just, they didn't give up and they didn't, you know, if they were told no, they couldn't do something. They just kind of kept pushing to really get what they wanted to get and, and give it a try. Whereas I think you have, you have to have that mindset to keep pushing to get yeah, where you want to be. Yeah. Definitely. And, the and the, the interesting part is that like, some people just aren't aware of um, aware that that's like the answer. Like, I don't know if you heard when I talked with Christy Hill, um, but she said how like she had one patient come in who just hadn't ever rehabbed at all. And like, to me, that just sounds just crazy. But I mean, I guess if you, if, if you're just told you have this injury and then that's all you're told, then you treat it like other injuries. Um, and just kind of accept it. If, if that's what the doctors say, then so be it. But yeah, I think a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people fall into that trap a little bit where they don't they don't know what to do on their own, and 
you're told this is what happened and you're kind of treated as your diagnosis. You're not really treated as a person, whether you, you, you could be a really active person that's ready to go and wants to put in the work and can commit the time to do it. Um, and other people just either don't know or don't have that opportunity given to them, which is, it's unfortunate. I think there are a lot of people that could be more mobile and functional than what they are because they just don't have the same, the same, yeah, they didn't stumble yeah, across the right people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And just who you surround yourself with and who, who you're working with in those first 18 to 18 months to two years is just so yeah. crucial to kind of your whole outlook. That's huge. And so it's you, huge. um, I kind of cut you off, but uh, you were saying how after a year you were more mobile, definitely. But um, I know now you're you're up walking unassisted. What was the uh, what was kind of the path between after a year well, and now? Just you know, just every day I'd go to to physical therapy, and as soon as you got proficient with one device, you know he would take it away, and we'd go to the next device. So it was. It was a constant cycle of, man, I finally can walk with the walker and, you know, I can actually go to a store and feel like I can walk. And then he would take the walker away and make me use forearm crutches. And so there was a lot of starting all over again. You felt like you were, every time you had to learn a new device, you had to kind of relearn how to walk again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so when did you uh, first kind of start not using anything? It was a good probably two years till I gave up the cane. Um, I had progressed to just a regular cane. Um, and it was probably a good two years till I was really ready to, to give that up on its own. Um, so it was a definite progression. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, kind of transitioned from the cane so <laughs> oh, definitely awesome. know what definitely know what you're talking awesome. about there but yeah yeah it's, yeah uh, balance um, is tough yeah and it's also or at least for me um i found is like also a pretty big like um kind of psychological not so much like dependent on it but just like finally yeah. not having anything was more yeah. was m more of a psychological barrier than anything I thought, um, just like, I still, uh, one, you know, touch the walls and furniture yeah, and yeah. everything when I walk, it's still, it's a, you know, I think proprioception is huge too. So I'm yeah, still constantly absolutely. touching stuff. I didn't mean mm -hmm. to cut you off. Um, congratulations no, on no. getting rid of the cane. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. We're getting there. Trying to, trying to hit the treadmill every day and oh. just build up the balance. Good for you. Good for you. Have you been uh, back to the ERG yet? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually rode a, a 5K um, in the head of the Charles in the fall. Wow. Um, yeah, with my family because there's eight people in my family. So we, we rode together um, in the Director's Challenge, which is super cool. I was very not, cool. not very strong, but I did it. And then I'm working on getting back in the boat this spring. But that brings me to my uh, uh, next point. Did you, were you a, a rower um, 
before your accident? I know you said your your husband was coaching. Yeah, my husband, um, when I met my husband, he was a rower in college, and then he took up coaching. Um, and I actually joined, I had joined an adult program. So it was my first year of rowing. Um, so I was terrible at it. But I did get to row it ahead of the Charles. Um, and would have rowed at Philly. But that, uh, that didn't work out so well. Um, so yeah, I had rowed for a year. So not a huge amount of rowing experience. And have you... Um... Have you tried getting back to rowing since then? Yeah, I have. I've gone out. Um, I've gone out on a double with my husband and uh, his coach that was in the accident with us a couple times, um, and then I actually rowed for another season with the adult program, just on a rec team, not in a competitive boat. But it was a lot of fun. It was good to be back on the water. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm. Curious to hear, um, just usually whenever, whenever I have somebody on, I ask them about their recommendations for, uh, pretty much anybody new to this community, whether it's like patients or, um, families of patients or even therapists. Um, if you had to give one or two or three recommendations, piece of advice that you wish you'd gotten 18 years ago. Uh, what would what what do you think those would be? Well, I would say that um, you got to believe it for it to happen. So mm -hmm. if you if you let yourself get into a constant negative mindset of I can't do this or it's never going to happen, it's not going to work. I think you, that tells your body and your brain that it's not going to work. I think you have to stay positive and. And everyone has their down times and their, you know, times where you're like, why me? But I think you got to you got to keep yourself into the positive time frame and mindset of I'm going to get better. I'm going to do what I can. This is going to improve in some way, even if it's a small improvement for it to really happen. And you got to be willing to put the work behind it. I don't think it just I don't think it just happens for anyone. I think you have to really be willing to really commit to it and put in the work that's required. Um, I think reaching out to other people that have an injury and learning from them, whether it's just something simple and basic of, hey, it's okay, that happened to me too, or I had to deal with neurogenic bladder and bowel and and, you know, hey, I had that too, but it, mine got better, or this is how I manage it. Um, things that, that people that don't have a cord injury don't understand um, just because they don't have that experience. Um, and, and stay moving. You know, you can't, uh, I think, uh, you know, the last podcast I listened to about the lady walking is just amazing. And I think, you know, her you got to stay functional and you got to keep yourself moving. I think looking into alternatives of whether it's a vitamin therapy, a massage therapy. I saw a chiropractor for a long time and people thought that was crazy to do. Um, but for me, it, it worked. So investigate avenues. Don't always stick with the conventional. Um, this is what everyone has to do kind of thing. If, if it's not working for you, change it up and try something different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no no magic bullet. 
no unfortunately there isn't for recovering yeah yeah yeah, that's definitely that's a good point um just like definitely try trying trying new things like i knew people who like swore by like some crazy stuff um and i mean if it works for you then awesome yeah and i think some of it is is if you believe it's gonna work or you believe it's gonna help yeah i think that's part of it it makes a big difference Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you uh, very much for um, for sharing those. Um, those are super, super insightful, and I know they'll definitely be appreciated. Um, but thank you again for for coming on and talking just about your your pretty incredible um, journey and your kind of proof that definitely don't have to follow the the status quo. Yeah, it can happen. It can happen for sure. Um... But, it, you know, it's still work. I have to say that um, I'd be remiss in saying that after all these years, if I don't continue to work out, you know, I had like a I had like a good two year period where I was like, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of doing this every day. And I mean, there was a huge change in my body and my abilities. And that really motivated me to go back to working out. And I still work out with a trainer and in a group setting. Um and you have to maintain, you have to maintain what you gained. It doesn't just, it unfortunately doesn't just stay there. You got to keep working at it to keep it there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I will um, thank you again for coming on. Uh, it was great to talk yeah, with you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. I Like I said, I think this is, this is a great service that you're doing for people. And, you know, I really hope the word gets out there. I hope that this information is given out in rehab hospitals so that, you know, the people that need it can benefit from it. Yeah, it should be everywhere. Well, thank you so much. Good luck in your recovery. Yeah, thank you. That was Lori Nineauber. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Be sure to check back these next couple of weeks because I have a couple of really interesting conversations and interviews coming down the line that I'm excited to share with you guys. As always, if you enjoyed this conversation, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and uh, write a review. And if you have any suggestions or know of somebody who might be interested, 